Hi, and welcome to IndieWire's Filmmaker Toolkit Podcast. I'm Chris O'Fault, the editor of the Toolkit. My guest today is Koganada, whose new film, Columbus, which was um, the, the big pleasant surprise of Sundance, not the one that we were expecting, and it, it was it's so wonderful. And now on Friday, August 4th, it's going to the IFC. Then the next week it's going to go at the New Art. I was at the New Art last week. It's a great theater. Okay. It's a great theater. Yeah. And then, so I think, what, then San Francisco, then Philly, and then you're going to do a, a right. slow city It's actually going to be New Art and uh, New York at the same second Okay, you're August staying fourth. at the IFC, yeah, yeah. and then we'll go. And then, but, you know, it's definitely something you got to look out for because it's going to come to all the, all the major cities. And, but most IndieWire readers, and this is funny because it's like most IndieWire readers know you as a video essayist, uh, you know, that brought a real sense of art um, to, to the form of uh, video essays, um, Ozu's Passageways, Linklater's Time, um, that sense of Wes Anderson, I'm sure everybody's seen the Wes Anderson one where it's everything centered. And so, uh, and this is his feature debut, Coconata, thank you for being with us. Uh, thank you for having me, yeah. Um, well, I want to talk about the film, but there's something I think that IndieWire readers can really relate to with you. Mm -hmm. I think you come from, I'm not saying you come, I mean, the entry point with film was an academic, right. is an element, and yeah. and my understanding is you abandoned a, a dissertation or something about uh, Ozu uh, along right. the way, but yeah. I mean, I'm wondering if you could talk about that, because I mean, you obviously are someone that is exploring and thinking about cinema, and that sense of when you started you know, thinking of it in a more of a critical or how to like write about the, the form. Right, yeah, and I mean, yes, I feel like I'm a part of this kind of IndieWire community in the sense that, um, you know, I love the conversation of cinema. You know, I've read, I've read film criticism forever and just that whole, the way people are engaging cinema and debating it and wrestling with it. I mean, I love it, you know, even to this day. And so I do feel like that's where I, begin in many ways for this love of the conversation and the way I've been impacted by by cinema um, and so uh, that led me you know those questions got more and more serious for me and, and something that uh, I sort of just I feel like I've always been an accidental academic you know I had a set of questions that started one way and it was very philosophical and you know, a bit existential, but it led me ultimately to Ozu, and partly because I feel like in, in regard to all the texts that I was reading when I encountered Ozu, it was a different way for me to think about the world, honestly. And so... Uh, More intellectual thinking yeah, as a human yeah. being than trying to... Yes. Because there's a mystery to his form where it's That's like... Right. There's so, it's, it's, yeah. it's so simple, but it's not simple and it's so evocative. And uh, so it, yeah. it, it's, I mean... He's the one person I, I've not been able to right. take apart I, the pieces yeah. to figure out what that hole is that makes me feel so much. That is, yeah, I mean, that is exactly the kind of feeling I've had and it really was like, I'm gonna try to figure out what it is about his films that again, for me initially felt very unimpressive, but then it just kept haunting me. I could not, you know, and whatever that was felt so profound to me and also felt very modern. And I think one of the reasons why Ozu is, is someone that people return to is he isn't easy to just reduce to something. Whether it's, it, he certainly is not this sort of uh, traditionalist. Uh, he's certainly not a Western modernist, you know, he is something else. And I think whatever he was exploring and offering in his cinema, to me feels so relevant even today. You know, and that, that is what was really uh, both uh, enticing to me is that he was 
I feel like he was onto something that the medium of cinema could help us um, as modern people. You know, not that he was trying to help us, but that he was exploring a sense of time and meaning that f feels really relevant to me even now. And that seems like I mean, we'll we'll jump in there because I mean, modernity and cinema seems to not just be something that you're intellectually thinking about as a filmmaker, but that that is on the screen in Columbus. It almost it almost seems like somewhere in that few years transition with the video essays in between, yes. it became trying to figure out how he did it to more exploring it yourself, right? Yes, right. And I think I've always, you know, even when I was writing the dissertation, you know, certainly at one point I thought, oh, I just want to make something that is trying to pursue the same kind of form that he was pursuing, but trying to think about it in our present moment. And, you know, that's always the dream. And I'm sure a lot of people who, uh, uh, you know, read IndieWire or write, you know, there, I think we all sort of have this sort of dream of uh, con contributing to the thing that we love. And certainly that was somewhere along the way I felt that. And, and I think it started with these essays, you know, just getting my hands on the, the forms of cinema and re-presenting them. Um, I had been doing other work. I've always been involved in creative projects and works and I had been doing like short docs and that kind of work and so I was familiar with the material of, of filmmaking. Uh, so yeah, so I think this question of modernity and modernism, like the way modernism speaks to this this particular crisis of meaning, mm -hmm. has uh, was a big part of the question I was pursuing in, in my dissertation and yeah, that the opportunity to actually try to make something that engaged that was, you know, like the dream. It was the dream. And, and I, in watching your work on the with the essays, I mean, they really feel to me. I mean, there's some great essays. I don't mean to, to knock other essays, but I mean, they're an attempt of almost um, taking a book or a college lecture and explaining some aspect of, of a filmmaker. And yours always felt to me a little bit more like art. Like you had touched something that was expressive about a particular filmmaker's form, and you wanted to almost play with it. And I wonder if that's what you, I don't know if you use Final Cut or Premiere or whatever, but it almost like get it in there yeah. and play with it yourself, yes. which is kind of a modern thing too. Like right. it's not sacrilegious to do that, yeah. which yeah. I think it might have been a little, you know, uh -huh. you know, Soderbergh made, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark, black and white, you know, recut <laughs> 2001. It's like, okay, but like you can like kind of yeah. play with the, these. Yeah, no, and I think, you know, at the time, certainly I was sort of resisting academia because I think one of the reasons I walked away was it was for me like sort of killing the thing that I loved because I was so much dissecting and putting it into a kind of academic language. And I, I value that. I value people who can do that really well. But at the moment, the last thing I wanted to do is use this form to teach anything. And I think even if it have a, has a semblance of it, it's not my desire. You know, there is no, no kind of like, this is what you should take away. So it always felt exploratory. Uh, it always felt like, um, yeah, and, and really about playing with the form itself and, and trying to understand it aesthetically, uh, maybe more than, uh, definitely more than uh, some teaching that I wanted to convey to anyone else. I, I did really try to present it as some, something in regard to the form itself. 
And, you know, I think other people do that remarkably well. You know, like if you want those essays that teach, there are like people who do that remarkably well. And if you're looking at that for mine, I think it could be frustrating. You know, even the ones that may suggest something, you know, it's not, you know, for me, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know if I would trust the narrator, even if it suggests something, you know. I use, I tell you that I did use your, uh, I, I used to teach filmmaking and I used your Brisson hands. Oh. Because it was always this idea of like, um, you know, the idea that a camera can capture something simple yeah. that could be an emotion. And I used to always try and tell them, externalize your action movement. And I think they always thought that I was trying to get them to make like Die Hard 4 or something like that. And like, but like that way that even, even out of context, mm -hmm all those hands oh, and those yeah. things and you could feel love you could feel tenderness yeah. you could feel unease just from seeing that and how he was able to do that yeah. and like it's just dissecting that and like you can instantly yeah. get that right yeah oh gosh I mean even as you say that I get chills because I I think of Brisson like I think sometimes I struggle with the lack of emotion in his films and when I cut that I remember feeling so moved and realizing how much of the emotion he located in the hands, you know, like he was really trying to keep the actors from emitting it in their face or or even in the dialogue. But then in the hands, he allowed all this sort of emotion to be expressed. Um, and, uh, you know, um, it, yeah, I, I think that that's there's something really moving about that. Um, yeah. And I think one that'd be a good way to transition also into into Columbus is you know, there was another one where you really kind of played with the form, which was, you, you did a phone interview uh, with uh, Rick Lanklater, who, you know, is exploring an abstract idea in all of his films about time yeah. and what that means. And it's remarkable with his films because it's like somehow they narratively work, but it's not Right. It's not clear. Yeah. You can never break that down and explain why. You can just hang out with these people and engage. <laughs> That's exactly right. And also this sense of time. And it's like funny because it's like this interview is you trying to talk to him about this. And yeah. I, I've talked to him before too. He, he, he's a, he can get around it. He can talk around it. He can do it. But it's like still this abstract idea. And then you're mixing it with these images. Yeah. And I felt like to me that was the one where when I had heard that you wanted to start making narrative mm -hmm. stuff, that was the one to me because it was like, I, felt as if you had some abstract ideas that you were trying to figure out how to put in like tangible ways into film and to engage them. Is yeah, that right? I think that's right. That's really um, observant. Um, yeah, I think I, of course, again, I, I think I uh, had always in the back of my mind been trying to think about that, but it was a really like working out Linkletter and the way he was processing cinema and knowing that he was uh, obviously obsessed with time in a certain way, and I think it's also existential for him. Um, yeah, it was really uh, helpful, you know, it was really helpful in, in thinking through that and putting that together. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you make the jump to features, mm -hmm. right? Like, mm -hmm. do you, I mean, that was a big, I'm wondering what, you know, in terms of like finding that vehicle and that idea that's going to allow you to do this, I mean, was it this idea of the modern architecture in Columbus, Ohio, or I'm sorry, not Ohio, um, I, Indiana, I, Indiana yeah. home of Mike Pence, and or is it um, was it this this character, John Cho's character, is it this relationship? What is what yeah. is that kind of like way into a story for you? Yeah, 
It was a bit of both. I mean, it really was something where I was working on one thing, and then once I found the place of Columbus, it really uh, formalized for me. I mean, almost immediate. So I knew, I think I wanted to have a, a work on a feature. Again, that was the dream, and as you know, the, you want, a lot of people can have that dream, but it's, it's really hard to, to try to make that a reality. But, you know, through my, this other work, there were some doors that were sort of being opened and conversations and I knew that if I was going to make a feature that it needed to you know so happen uh, sooner you need to strike while the iron's hot well like, right like, right while all people of us, well, we're, we, you know we, 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 we post and you put a new essay up we, we write an article about it and think yeah. that would get hits you know yeah. people were like and I, I think Chris White's was someone that got right. involved and like right. we weren't the only ones everybody was right. like, kind of oh, loving your you. work right yeah. like yeah. yeah right right and so I thought if there's a way to segue into that and so I started I knew you know like I think I knew what like the first film that it was going to sort of be in that territory of you know Ozu that it was going to be about sons and daughters and really them being burdened by um, having to part ways with their parents you know I think that that was there and I was sort of working on and had worked on certain kinds of scripts in that sort of vein um, but then uh, I visited Columbus, not in, in relationship to that film, but just I had read an article about it. And the, yeah, I don't think our readers, because I did not know about Columbus, yeah. Indiana. Mm -hmm. So could you? Sure. It's, it's pretty sure. I want to yeah, go now. I'm like, I'm <laughs> oh, like, good. Like, <laughs> you should. It, you know, I think uh, a while back uh, the AIA, uh, which is like this architecture uh, institute, where they were ranking uh, the most architecturally significant uh, cities and towns in America. And suddenly, like, you know, you had New York and Chicago and San Francisco, that, what everyone expected. And then, like, number six was this small town in Indiana, uh, which I think was su surprising to a lot of people who didn't, you know, I think real architecture kind of connoisseurs know about it. But, uh, and so a lot of articles were written about this town, and there was one in the New York Times, and I think there was an NPR piece. And it was around that time, or maybe a year later, that I had stumbled upon it, and I was like, what? You know? And so I, uh, and basically it's this town, like I think the population is 45,000. It's a small town. It's in the middle of cornfields. And during the mid-20th century, one of the, the, the industrialists of the town who had studied in the East Coast and was friends with, like, I, I believe, Eames and Saarinen, and uh, he came back and he was um, running Cummins. Uh, but, you know, basically he believed in this sort of modernist uh, movement in architecture. And um, it's a long story, but to make it short, you know, he started making, he made a deal with the town that he would pay for the, uh, the architect as long as it came from this list. And he was very attuned to the sort of rising uh, uh, figures of, of, of modernism. Uh, and so in this little town, it was almost like- It became like, like a canvas for, for these architects like, And for me, it was like this case study, this experiment does, can architecture make a difference? Or does modernism and this dream of modernism, um, what happens if you put it in the middle of a town? You know, what's the effect of that? Um, it was fascinating, you know, because it's the fundamental question. Like for me, you know, does art matter? Does modern art matter? Or is it just this thing that we do to distract ourselves? So I was fascinated by it. Um, yeah, so then I went to Columbus and because it really, the, the context of Columbus had everything to do with what I had been thinking about. Uh, I almost immediately thought, oh, I want to place a film there. And it's also because it's a small town, you know, 
to go back to that question, you know, it doesn't have a full answer. You know, there's something very hopeful about that town still to me, that it, it's this promise of possibility, but there's also something very sad and melancholy because it's not fulfilled. You know, it's not as if this town is some utopian place where there's no problems and modernism won. You know, it's very much not that, so. And I mean, it, it kind of going back to the fact that, you know, there's kind of a duality in the sense of like a big picture intellectual approach yeah. to thinking about film and then also this emotional. And, you know, the film works, the combination works, but these two characters, there is this sense of like, this element of what's going on in their lives and uh, this, you know, this kind of unusual relationship of a teenage girl and a, and a man who's kind of reconciling with what's going on with his father and it's, yeah. it's, it, it's specifically non-romantic but extremely intimate mm -hmm. and it's, and then you with your frame and anybody that's seen your essays knows how much, you know, you, you like architecture and like, and you're playing with it formally with this modern architecture and also this very intimate story. And there's an element here where I, you know, once again, the proof is in the pudding, it worked, but I'm wondering for you, especially making the jump to features, mm -hmm. that idea of like, how were those two, this very intimate story yeah. that is, is emotional, yeah. but also quiet, mm -hmm. and uh, the kind of formal excitement that you might have had right. with the idea of being able to do this with the architecture, the sense that they would, they would, they would marry, that yeah. they would, or is that maybe even maybe the, can, can they, yeah. that was what yeah. you were trying to figure out. I mean, yeah, I think that, that you have identified the thing that I wanted to, to, to try to make work, which is bringing those two things together. And I definitely didn't want to approach it intellectually. I mean, I think that is in fact, you know, Jen, comes from a world where his father is a sort of academic critic and he's trying this to... This is John Cho character. John Cho's character. And that's a big part of him trying to like, uh, this thing that his father's consumed by is is presented in this sort of intellectual context. And, and, and he's trying to, and he can't connect with it or maybe he hasn't tried. But for me, I didn't want it to be an intellectual exercise. So the humanity of it was a real important part. And I really wanted, uh, you know, there's this kind of line about modernism with soul. But for me, modernism for me can, can sometimes feel very alienating and very cold. Uh, and, and, and often for a purpose. I mean, often that's what some of the artists are exploring. But I really wanted to try to marry form with a kind of, uh, in the context of the human struggle and for there to be some sort of warmth in, the, in this context um, in a form that sometimes can be very uh, distant and alienating and there's so many wide shots but the challenge of seeing if we can feel absorbed into that world, maybe appreciate form because we're leaning in closer to the characters. And I think if the film, you know, succeeds or, or fails for someone, it's going to be in relationship to that. People who felt so disconnected that it, it felt like an intellectual exercise or people who didn't, people who were drawn to th this character and, it, and in its own way brought them into this, this sort of form that is also a character and, and having some relationship to what they're, they're connecting with. Narratively, I think you found a way that works because it means something so much to her. And this, it's not simply, you know, walking through MoMA. It's something that she feels and, like, I think almost represents your ideal of, like, this, yeah. she's lived with this and this means something to her. And that, while he's going through something dramatic in his life, he learns 
to kind of do that. And so there's almost like this way of, like you found a way of narratively of, yeah. right? No, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, I think, you know, he has, like, I don't think he could have ever connected to architecture because he had such a resistance with his father, but it's only through the, the eyes of Casey mm -hmm. that he can really see what, what his father loves as well. But in some ways, you know, it represents all of us. I think even like for me, uh, you know, for Casey's architecture, for me, it's cinema. And you know, Casey has just fallen in love with it. And when you just fall in love with something, you know, and maybe you're not as sophisticated and you haven't intellectualized it yet and you create lists and whatnot, but if you start growing old to it, you can start almost getting cynical about even the conversation of it. And, and you can almost start having a distaste for it. And sometimes you need to reconnect with that love of it that uh, maybe, you know, uh, made you want to have your own list and made you want to talk about it in almost this sort of very innocent way. So yeah, I kind of like the marriage because they represent certainly me at different stages, you know. You know, I think this is the first time you've worked with actors, right? Uh, yeah, just certainly in this kind of context, yeah. I mean, what was that like? I mean, because that's got to be, I mean, you're someone that thinks so much about cinema. You've thought about how this is going to work. You've got in the story, but then yeah. is it just something natural because it's just something human? Mm. Yeah, you know, I didn't know, and I think for even the producers, I think that they felt confident. You know, I had kind of given them a, a lookbook of the way I wanted the film to look, and I think they had seen other work and knew that I was really mindful. And I think that was a real mystery of like, well, how will he connect with other, you know, the actors and all the crew? And and um, but it really turned out to be. Um, the maybe the loveliest part of the filmmaking process, maybe even to my own surprise. Um, but I think that has a lot to do with the actors. I think John, you know, when he was on board, he we had a conversation early on, and he said, you know, he had been really influenced by actors who set a really generous tone. And you know, he said, "I really want to help set a tone for this." Uh, you know, Haley, who like carried the so much of this film, and but was so passionate about it, and really, like, I think everyone wanted to see her succeed because she loved the role so much, she believed in it so much. And then you know, like, it goes down the line: Parker, Rory, Michelle, uh, and everyone really brought a kind of generosity. So it certainly helped, you know, me. I think if I would, you know, if there was a real difficult actor, maybe I, you know, that would have been really difficult, but it turned out to be really a, a, like a great part and deepened my appreciation for, for actors and their craft. It really gave me an insight into that. Um, you know, we, there's a lot of conversation about um, diversity and representation. Um, and, you know, one thing that, you know, and you know, from Oscar So White to to a sense of you know the makeups of our writing staffs and representation around the screen, it often comes down to black and white. You know, and yeah. not and I'm not trying to say that African Americans are suddenly overrepresented or something yeah. like that, but it like suddenly becomes uh, about Will Smith not getting a nomination oh, right. or yeah. or not having a black Marvel character. Right. And I, I bring this up because my sense in, in reading some other interviews was that John's character being Asian American was something that was integral to how you saw, like it was ingrained in, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. his ethnicity was ingrained in how you saw that character. Yeah, yeah. And my sense, even though you were getting some support, that that you ran into yeah. a, yeah. 
Right. Yeah, it is. It was it was really uh, eye opening and, uh, and and certainly I don't want to say hurtful because it wasn't like I read, but it was there was something very dismissive. You know, there was uh, financiers who who very much the the what was articulated was that. Uh, Asian, uh, I mean, essentially that Asian faces, <laughs> and, and, and especially men, didn't have any financial value. Like it was like too much of a risk to, uh, so it was very reductive in the sense that it was like, oh, there's no value overseas, there's no market for it. Uh, and so it was just dismissed as a kind of, you know, like someone who could uh, lead a film. So, um, so that was a process, and it and, and I didn't know. You know, if you grew up in international cinema, I'm sure a lot of your uh, readers uh, watch all yeah, kinds of films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you yeah. know, we like Tony yeah. Long. We sure. have, there's so many sure. like men that are part of our like uh, diet. So mm -hmm. to to hear people act as if no one would want to engage that, you know, and and certainly in a role where they're not doing martial arts or you know they're not action figures, but that they're like human beings who have conversations. Uh, but so it really does take someone like Danielle from Superlative who read it, believed in it, and, and wanted to not only own it but protect it, you know, and um, you realize how valuable, and that's one of those eye-opening things, like you realize that filmmaking from a criticism, you know, you just analyze what's in front of you, mm -hmm. but you don't realize that so much of what's in front of you is a part of this other discussion that's happening behind closed doors um, and why that's so vital to, to this issue of diversity. I'm wondering if you could also speak to, because I, I mean, I think sometimes artists write roles mm -hmm. and they could see, you know, it's not necessarily something that was written for a particular person or, you know, right. why not Megan Black or why not make, yeah. make her mm -hmm. uh, Chinese? But could you speak a little bit to, because my sense is it's ingrained into this story, mm -hmm. why John's character, because I feel like this also right. has something to do with representation, why there yeah. was something culturally that was so important to John's character being an Asian American? Mm, yeah, well, yeah, I think, um, you know, so when I wrote it, you know, it, it, so it did, certainly didn't come first in the process, like mm -hmm. I'm gonna write a story that centers around an Asian male. Mm -hmm. I knew once I started forming it that, uh, that someone was gonna be stuck there and they were gonna be overseas. And immediately, of course, I thought, well, you know, I could write a French person, but I, you know, like what I know is, uh, what it means to be Asian and be stuck in the Midwest, you know, and, and the other, I think, important. So the sense of otherness in this place, yeah, the sense of right, outsider right. in this place. So partly I was writing what I know. If I was going to write a character who is uh, foreign to that place, it would be an Asian. And, and also because I think when it comes to modernism itself, you know, I think uh, it's also about a kind of Asian sensibility, the way we encounter modernism. Um, I think, and, and really to talk about diversity, sometimes we reduce it to how many faces are on a screen, but I really feel like it's also about uh, offering part of a, a culture and a heritage uh, that enriches these spaces, you know? And I think when, um, I think the Asian approach to modernism is in many ways so different than the Western approach because they're it isn't involved in our Western idea of mind. Yeah, right, and which yet, is, which yet, is unreal yeah, real to me, yeah, know, to a certain degree. But Western modernism borrows a lot from uh, Asian aesthetics mm -hmm. because the thing that's really nice about the the tradition of Asian art is it wasn't so you know like the thing that Westerners have to contend with is the loss of this 
like Christian religion, which defined early art and everything. You know, like Asian art, even early on, uh, you know, temporality is still a big part of it. You know, these things that now modernists are, are trying to embrace, like how do you deal with empty spaces and all of that, is something that has always been a part of the Asian tradition. So I think that's a big part of that conversation of how we're modern. You know, one thing, and I'll well leave it here, is that there's this idea also, there's something very myopic just from the business standpoint, which is, is that, and I see this just from the standpoint of IndieWire, which is that when, when people are not represented on screen, there's an extreme desire for it. And this is not a Marvel movie. This is something like, but like, but you know, it's like this sense of like, there's a thirst for, for to see something and to reach, you know, an architecture audience, someone that's maybe interested in some of the things that we're talking about with modern right. architecture, uh, maybe someone that wants to see an Asian American filmmaker and, and, and yeah, male yeah. lead on the screen. And it's interesting to me because, and I know that your producer Danielle has taken a bigger role in this, but there was also, it's not that you didn't get offers out of Sundance, mm -hmm. but a desire with Sundance's help yes. to, to distribute this yourself. Right. Once again, you got offers, you could do it, but this idea that like, there was this thing about this film of handling it with care and bringing it to... Yeah. I mean, we use the word niche audiences or yeah, something like yeah, that. You yeah. could talk a little bit about that. Right. I mean, I'm so grateful for Sundance. You know, they selected our film. And once we kind of assessed what was possible, I think everyone got really excited because I think Sundance, they were very excited about this film and also their own sort of like case to say, can you build an audience? Because I do think people are like, oh, well, where's, you know, that's not so identifiable. Um, but I think we all knew that this, you know, was going to connect to a number of audiences. And, you know, the risk of just distribution is that someone can shelve it or someone can just kind of like give it, not give it a real chance. And so. Not give it the care it needs yeah, to find not, those yeah, people. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And maybe cut it differently, make it like present it like a romantic comedy or something like mm -hmm. that. And, and <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry know. to be delighted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're trying it's like to that shining trailer. Where they yeah, yeah, it. exactly. And instead of saying like, you know, maybe people will have a taste for this, you know, I and so, yeah. you know, and I, I, you know, I love to compare it to the food world. Like, you know, like maybe no one ever thought they were going to love ramen or mm -hmm. sushi or anything like that. You know, they're like, oh, it's just not my thing until they taste it. And if it can be presented as that, not like, oh, we're going to present it as a hot dog, but you're going to be tricked into it. But to say, you know what, maybe, you know, we're going to present it this way and it's going to draw those people in. So I hope that's the case. There was a feature length essay about Ozu. Uh, I think it was like, uh, yeah, Cinema Time and Modernity that you were talking about doing. Is that, is that something that you'll ever think you'll go back to or finish? Or is that something you play yeah. with? Or are you yeah. a filmmaker now? <laughs> Not that that wasn't in filmmaking, but that seems no, like a no, big no. endeavor. Yeah, yeah. I, um, you know what? I think if I have a chance to explore it in features in my own way, I think I would love to do that. But I, well, you know, I, you've shown you can do that now. It's like yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully. You know, the the way of Ozu was kind of me taking that idea and turning it into a sketch piece, sort of. Uh, so that that is probably like if someone is interested in it, they should watch the way of Ozu, which is sort of the initial stages of that. Kogunada, um, as new movie is Columbus, and it really is that like. It's that film that we always hope we find at Sundance, that little gem that, that works on its own terms. And it's, uh, you, know, uh, you know, it's a pleasure to watch you make that transition. And, and I, I think it's impressive, not that you got there, but that the first time I had the bat, you made something that wasn't just 
a potential, but like a, a beautiful piece of art. Oh, and so, thank you. That means I'm, a lot. Uh, I mean, the reviews will speak for themselves, but please do keep an eye out for this. You know, New York, uh, beginning of August, California West Coast, and then yeah. I, I know I saw Philly and all these other mm -hmm. places. And it's like 15 other cities, so and yeah. it's all throughout uh, August. Uh, so yeah, yeah. And, and if you go to our site, there's a, a screening list. So. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to meet you. Yeah. Thanks.